if a physician is empowered to turn to their highest strengths, whatever they are, if it's teamwork or if it's creativity, they're empowered to be themselves in their practice, which can kind of manage burnout too, because burnout can happen if we're completely pushing down all of these qualities that uplift us and that energize us naturally. Hello, everyone. We are so glad you're here for Doc Working the Whole Physician podcast. I'm Jill Farmer, one of the co-hosts of the podcast and lead coach at Doc Working. Our program is sponsored by Doc Working Thrive, where you can get the support you need to thrive in your life and work. Go to docworking.com today to check it out. And I am so excited about this conversation. This is something that is really near and dear and passionate to my heart. We are joined today by Ryan Nemec. He is a leading international figure in character strengths that are found in all human beings. As an educator, scientist, and practitioner, Ryan is the educational director of the renowned VIA Institute on Character, a nonprofit organization based in Cincinnati, Ohio, that leads the global advancement of the science of character strengths. He's an award-winning psychologist, an instructor at the University of Pennsylvania, author of 11 books. Ryan, we could go on and on about all the things that you continue to do about this work that I think is also one of your passions, which is helping people to use character strengths in order to thrive. So let's start with the basics. What are we talking about when we're saying character strengths? Sure. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, Jill. Thanks for inviting me and great to be here with all the wonderful physician listeners and healthcare providers that are doing so much important work for so many people at this just deeply needed time. So just a genuine bow to everybody for all your great work. In terms of the character strengths, you know, in a nutshell, you can think of character strengths as those qualities that are best in you. You know, we could summarize it in that little snapshot, those qualities, those characteristics of your personality that are most core to you and that are best about you. We can go deeper with that in studying the science of character strengths for the last 13, 14, 15 years. I've assembled a three-part definition that's based in the research on character strengths and these 700 or so studies that have come out in the last 10 years. And that is that character strengths are these positive personality traits that then reflect three things. They reflect our personal identity, So that means that it's who we are at our core. And then second, they produce positive outcomes for ourselves and others. So they're connected with better relationships and more achievement in life and better physical health and better health habits. And, you know, this is what the science is telling us and bringing more benefit and well-being to other people. And then third, these character strengths contribute to the collective good, to the greater good. So you could just kind of take that and imagine with your family or your work team or your community, imagine what if you didn't have gratitude on that team? What if you didn't have love? What if you didn't have perseverance? What if you didn't have bravery or self-regulation or curiosity? You know, these are the ingredients and the glue that make a stronger community that contribute to that greater good. So that's kind of how I think about it in a nutshell. And then those deeper ways of looking at it. And you mentioned all of the hundreds of studies that have been done related to character strengths the institute where you do a lot of work via is values in action, right? So character strengths are another way of describing values in action in that work. We know a lot more than we did thanks to all those hundreds of studies. What do we know now that we didn't know 20 or 25 years ago that can make people's lives better? 
Well, we know a lot. You know, one piece is we now have what we think of as a consensual nomenclature, a common language for describing what's best in people. You know, we didn't have that before the year, you know, say 2000. You know, there's been people throughout time, each of the world religions and ancient philosophers like Aristotle and Benjamin Franklin, more contemporary, you know, one of our founding fathers in the United States and so on, you know, have these different prolific people have assembled a collection of words before to describe positive qualities or virtues, but we've never had a universal classification. You know, so these 24 character strengths represent those qualities that are best in all human beings. And researchers took a painstaking approach to make sure of that back in the early 2000s, surveying people across all the continents, except for Antarctica, traveling to some of the most remote areas on the planet to speak with remote cultures about these qualities, to see if they have these qualities in their remote cultures, like the Inuit people far north in Greenland and the Maasai tribal people far off the tourist circuit in Kenya. And then sending surveys across the world and studying the themes across the great religions and ancient philosophies. So these 24 didn't just come out of thin air. These represent a very solid research-based language for describing our best qualities. So that's a really major, you know, we could even say groundbreaking contribution that we didn't have before. And then just since then, yeah, all those hundreds of studies, it's been fascinating to look, we can go into all sorts of nuances with each one, you know, because there's studies in the workplace, there's studies in hospitals, there's studies in the education system, there's studies in parenting, there's studies in intellectual developmental disability, there's studies in spirituality. And by that, I mean character strengths in all of those domains and many more. But I summarize those 700 studies as I've been kind of gathering them and summarizing them in a user-friendly way for people in really two words that it's about well-being and adversity. And the character strengths are really equally about both. So it's about building up those many areas of well-being that often we as physicians or we as psychologists or counselors don't always give a lot of attention to. You know, we're very much focused on what's wrong and diagnosing and treating and all those really important pieces, but maybe not spending as much time, how might I just flat out go after happiness and boosting this patient's happiness or boosting their positive relationships, those kind of approaches. And so we, those are sort of well-being approaches. And we're finding character strengths are very strongly connected with well-being. And then on the other side, though, the adversity side, study after study across different cultures is showing the character strengths are really central for resilience, for managing problems, for helping out with different conflicts that we have. So it's kind of both sides of the coin. You know, we don't look at exclusively at one or the other. It's about all of the vicissitudes of life, the rising and falling of life and character strength, since they're already just a part of you, they're a part of those well-being elements. They're a part of those tough moments, and they can be part of those kind of boring moments, too. How can we bring more freshness into all of those? So first of all, how... Have you developed a way for people to better identify their character strengths that isn't just looking at those list of 24 and circling them and saying, oh, I think I'm good at this, or I think this describes me? Yes. You know, there's a few responses to that, but the main one, since the early 2000s, when this classification was developing, you know, it was a new science that was developing. Any science needs a measurement tool. So exactly what you're speaking to. So in 2001 or so, and so more than two decades now, it was called the VIA Inventory of Strengths was created, or for short, VIA Survey. And 
that was a measurement tool using a Likert scale, one to five rating scale, you know, very much unlike me to all the way to very much like me across the 24 strengths to measure these. And from those early 2000s, this measurement tool developed by the scientists in collaboration was found to have good psychometrics. So good reliability, meaning that the results are repeatable. You'll get similar results over time and good validity. So it's measuring what it's supposed to be measuring. And then as a scientific institute, the VIA Institute is always wanting to keep improving that measure. So while it was launched in the early 2000s, we continue to make you know, changes and we have experts in psychometrics and test development and test construction that continue to make improvements and changes rather than us just thinking, you know, we've got something static here, we've got it, we're done, which we could do because millions and millions of people take it. You know, we're now at over 21 million people. Someone takes it every 10 seconds of every minute of every day. So just since we've been talking, there have been, I don't know the math on that, but maybe 100 people somewhere in the world have taken it. So, you know, we want to keep, you know, kind of doing that due diligence to improve it. So that's the main way to do it. So you people go to the viacharacter.org website. They say whether they want to take the VIA adult survey or the VIA youth survey, if they're 17 or under. And then they answered 96 questions. And then you get immediate free results. Your rank order of character strengths from 1 to 24. Making sure that it was free was a way to reach so many more people. So it was a wonderful decision long before I joined VIA that the developers, you know, insisted on is to make this measure free so that it can reach people that, that don't have any money, economically disadvantaged people in hard to reach populations, like maybe in prisons and uh, shelters and mental institutions and so on. And that's been our approach ever since is to be as inclusive as possible. So we've had disability experts study it for its inclusiveness for people with autism and Down syndrome and, you know, different developmental disabilities. We've painstakingly looked at how to measure character strengths in younger people. And we just launched a version of the VAU survey that now goes down to age eight. And then we'll just continue to keep advancing that science. So we've talked about how taking the assessment gives you a view of your values in action or where your strengths are in that rank order. What is helpful about that? I know for me as a coach and how I work with my physician clients and healthcare professionals is looking at those top five strengths. Often when people are feeling like their needs are not being met or they're in a sticky situation, as you said, where there's facing some adversity looking at how they can put one of those character strengths in action. I always say it's like a lever that kind of moves you out of the stuck place. And I think it's really interesting from that well-being perspective to look at ways that we can strengthen maybe the values that are showing up lower on our rank order and see how, for instance, in my case, how can I look for ways to play with humility <laughs> in a way, even though it's not one of my top five or is down on the list? What are some ways my life is enriched by doing that? So can you talk a little bit about ways you see it working and helping individuals thrive by using the yeah, information sure. from the assessment? Yeah, we have to realize that just taking the test in and of itself is actually an intervention. So even though it's an assessment, it's also an intervention, you know, because so many people have never had questions asked about their strengths and it may be beyond something kind of a generic little, you know, what are your strengths and weaknesses? But really know what is really best about who you are as a person. You know, we ask that of our patient. That's unique. And so to have suddenly 96 questions that are positively oriented about your fairness, about your love, about your kindness, about your curiosity, creativity, your judgment and critical thinking, 
that is a booster of well-being for a lot of people, not for everybody, but for a lot of people. But then they see this rank order results from 1 to 24, and then we can begin to kind of work with that profile from 1 to 24. So our general recommendation is to start by looking at your highest strengths. And so these are the character strengths that are most energizing to you, most central to you, easiest to use, easiest for a physician to kind of help build up in the person. So you would want to start with, say, the rank from one down to maybe seven or so. But then other, other people will say, I want to work on my lowest strength. And that's certainly okay, too. So there's a number of ways we might do that. We might do that by having a discussion about the strength and how you've used it in the past. You might do it by journaling about the strength and exploring it. What the science tells us is the intervention to use one of your highest strengths in a new way is one of the strongest interventions in all of the well-being literature. So what a patient would do, you know, very easy, very easy for a physician to recommend. The steps are take the VIA survey, identify one of your highest five strengths, just pick one, and then use it in a new way each day. And there's even been a meta-analysis, a study of studies just of that intervention and found that it boosted well-being, it lowered depression, it boosted flourishing, it even boosted the person's just strengths use in general. So that's a kind of a nice intervention because it works for everybody. Because like you were saying, Jill, like with humility being last, you want to focus on that. And I want to give an idea on that, you know, but that wouldn't be useful for everybody. But the signature strengths in new ways, whatever it is for the person, that can work for anybody, potentially. And again, it's really strong scientifically. So the physician would say, okay, your highest strength is kindness, or your highest strength is spirituality, or your highest strength is prudence. Let's talk about how you could use that in just a very small way each day. So for example, for me, one of my highest strengths is curiosity. So if I was going to use that in a new way each day, you know, today I might do one new internet search, you know, for five minutes to explore a new topic. Tomorrow, I'm going to ask one person in my life a question that I've never asked them before to explore. The next day, I'm going to try one new food. The next day, I'm going to take a new route home in my drive to explore a new neighborhood, new part of the city. The next day, I'm just going to kind of explore and appreciate the trees. I'm looking at in the backyard and just kind of explore that. It could be very small things, but what I'm doing then is I'm expanding upon this quality that's best in me, my curiosity. So that's why that intervention can work for any of the 24. And it's a collaborative discussion between the physician and the patient to come up with some ways for that. But I want to also just finally just talk about humility for a moment, because that is one of the least common strengths around the world. It's one of the least common strengths to be high in. It's almost always in people's bottom five character strengths. You know, we have to be low in something. You know, by rank order, by definition, you're going to have a 24th strength and a 23rd strength. You know, so I've talked about humility for 15 years, but I want to tell you about a study I just came across last week, a good study that found that a way to boost humility specifically is the practice of listening or mindful listening. In this particular study, those people that practice being more attentive in their listening to the body language, the person, to the words, you know, letting go of what we're thinking or what we're going to ask next or what we might say to something. Instead, it's the whole back from the 1960s, the meditation teacher Ram Das would say, be here now in the listening. And that that actually literally boosts your levels of humility. Not you, but anybody in that sense, or at least on average, as studies go, more people than not. So we could do that with any of the 24 strengths. We look specifically at, well, what does the literature say about leadership or about 
appreciation of beauty or about forgiveness. And it's going to be different for each one. I love that. That's such a great example. And there's data, which we've talked about on the podcast previously, that physicians who listen even 30 seconds longer, there was a study, I believe at the University of Massachusetts, there were better patient outcomes. And so there's just a lot of ways that. that these character strengths and action have meaningful impacts. And I can talk about a specific a physician situation from a number of years ago with a client who teamwork was at the very top of the list. And what they had discovered about themselves is during medical education, when there was a lot of emphasis, particularly in residency on competition in the particular setting they were in, I'm not saying that's true for everyone, but in this particular setting and a lot of every person for themselves kind of thinking there had happened subconsciously siloing of teamwork is something I do in my off time, right? That's where I get that. And so when we talked about ways to put in small ways to try to express teamwork on a more daily basis, just simply thinking about life as a practicing physician, looking for ways every day to not be siloed, competitive, separate from part of that team thinking, change that physician's life. And so I really do love thinking as a trusted thinking partner with clients about ways that they can put their character strengths in action because I just see the impact that it has. What a powerful example. And to play that right out with any patient, it's so empowering and so beneficial. I love that. Yeah. So let's talk about what the impact is that you see in organizations when people begin to use, you know, the nomenclature, the common terminology, when we're thinking about how to, for instance, look for character strengths in each other and support that in each other. What kind of an impact does the research show it has in organizations, in workplaces, et cetera? Sure. Yeah. So you're hitting on that area in terms of the domains that we could talk about, whether it's workplace or schools or healthcare, parenting, disability. You're hitting on the domain that's got the most research in terms of character strengths. And so we know now that character strengths are very much connected with more engagement by employees. So they're more aligned with what they're doing, connected with what they're doing, kind of absorbed in their work. Character strengths are connected with greater productivity at work which is kind of what every employer wants, is for the employee to be productive, to do more, to help the bottom line in that sense. And the employees are just happier as well. So, you know, we know that a happier employee is a more productive employee, kind of one of the mantras goes in the workplace. But also character strengths helps the climate, helps the organization to you know, create more of a strength-based organization, more of an approach that's oriented around strengths. And then we know in terms of the medical setting, the hospital setting, there's been some studies in Austria that have looked a lot at the connection between physician strengths and medical staff strengths and the climate that they're in. And they've actually found an interesting result that physician's signature strengths, so physician's highest strengths, is connected with a more positive climate. And the reverse is also true. A more positive hospital climate is more connected with signature strengths for the physician. So what that means is that if a physician is empowered to turn to their highest strengths, whatever they are, if it's teamwork or if it's creativity, they're empowered to be themselves in their practice, which can kind of manage burnout too, because burnout can happen if we're completely pushing down all of these qualities that uplift us and that energize us naturally. So if the physician can be themselves, then there's going to be a more positive climate and people are going to connect more and just report more positive experiences in that experience and, you know, want to go to work and so on. 
Those are, you know, some results in Austria, so not in the United States, but very interesting in terms of healthcare and some of the benefits that can happen with these character strengths. So let's talk finally about another research study. It hasn't been published yet, but I'm fascinated by the pillars of strength study that I know you've done in mm. collaboration with Harvard that could, I think, have a big impact on what we're talking about today as well. Sure. Yeah. So I collaborated with a couple of researchers at Harvard, and we looked at 60,000 people that had taken the VIA survey, and we asked them a number of different questions on key health habits, what I've called for a long time the five pillars of health, which I don't think will surprise anybody. Those five pillars are healthy eating, so healthy eating, healthy drinking habits, healthy activity, movement, exercise habits, third, healthy sleep, healthy sleep hygiene. Fourth, healthy social interactions. It could be social, it could be spiritual, but basically connecting with other people, feeling part of a community, having mutuality in those relationships. And then fifth, healthy self-care. So taking that alone time, taking that time to relax, taking that time to meditate or pray, taking that time to just chill out, whatever that might be for your own self-care. So we ask questions about all of those. We use CDC questions and questions on smoking and drinking and then Add in our own questions when like something like healthy self-care wasn't really adequately addressed in the literature. And what we found across those 60,000 people, a number of different patterns, you know, just almost mind-boggling connections between character strengths and all of these pillars of health. So the overall finding is that character strengths are very much connected with these five pillars of health. And it's not a causal study, but perhaps there's just a really strong connection where future studies could show causation. Now, some of the specific strengths that were the pattern. So across those pillars, the strength of zest was high across all five pillars. So the strength of zest is about energy and enthusiasm, being excited to get up in the morning. So if we can tap into a patient's zest, tap into our own zest, that can help us with the pillars. The next two strengths that were significantly high in four of the five pillars were self-regulation and curiosity. So self-regulation, meaning to have a sense of discipline, establishing good habits and so on. So being kind of organized so we can teach our patients to be more self-regulated, to have more of a structured plan. And that's going to help with the, any of these five pillars. So curiosity also tied for second. So curiosity, meaning to be interested in new things, to be trying to explore new things. So this can be very useful for these different health habits with having patients explore you know, what might be their ideal self-care area, you know, to really be asking themselves that question, what's going to help them feel peaceful, refreshed, or connected? You know, they can ask that of themselves and the physician can help them brainstorm, tapping into their curiosity. You know, a couple other strengths that were particularly high in this study were gratitude. So having this sense of a general appreciation for life, appreciation for one's own health, however much health one has, even you can be unhealthy and still be appreciative for things. And hope having a sense of optimism, positivity toward the future. Now, it was interesting because you could look at any of the specific domains and pull out other interesting strengths that were connected. So, for example, for healthy sleep, it was interesting to see that forgiveness was one of the strengths that was high. And it makes sense if you look at it because forgiveness, someone that's high in forgiveness is going to be good at letting go, kind of releasing things. And that's what we do when we sleep, ideally. You know, without a pill or anything to help us to sleep or alcohol or whatever it is, we lay in bed and we have you know, a good, comfortable environment and we let go. We let our mind go. We breathe and we just release. And, you know, a lot of that is paralleling what forgiveness really is. I think of forgiveness as letting go in that sense. 
So yeah, we can go into each one specifically like that, but it's fascinating. So yeah, I hope that that's going to be published in the next, you know, six months or so. And we'll be happy to send a copy to anybody. That's fantastic. Ryan, you make psychologist. You have really helped, I think, a lot of us understand even better how we can not only identify character strengths, but in the smallest way, be able to let ourselves express our character strengths a little more every day and how that does help us to thrive and flourish and feel more happiness and satisfaction in life. It's good work. And I think it's good to be able to support our physician and health professional community to be able to tap into how they can flourish and thrive more by understanding their character strengths. So if you want more information, go to viacharacter.org. A lot of fantastic information on there for you if you're curious about learning more about character strengths. But thank you again, Ryan, so much for being with us here today. Thank you, Jill. Thanks for the service that you're offering to so many people. And we're going to hear more from Ryan coming up in a future podcast. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Make sure you're telling your friends and colleagues about all the incredible information we have here on Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. Until next time, I'm Jill Farmer. I'm Amanda Taran, producer of Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and head over to DocWorking.com to see all we have to offer.